0: everybody. everybody. Uh, Bo here. It has been a while. Uh, I apologize for the delay in episodes, both um, this silly stuff and also, you know, a proper Devour the Podcast episode. I, uh, things have been crazy. I'll, you know, probably get into that a bit more on the Devour the Podcast when we record next. But yeah, you know, life happens sometimes and uh, it can be a, a bit of a bear. So, uh, let's do this. Let's just catch up with what I've been watching. Uh, spook timber was a bit of a bust. So we're going to try to, you know, kind of pick things up and do uh, a similar thing for October. We'll call it spooktober. Uh, cause why not? Uh, everyone else seems to, so we're just going to stick with that. So let, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about what I've been watching First up, uh, let's talk about a movie called Arbor Demon from 2016. It's uh, written and directed by Patrick Ray, uh, also co-written by Michelle Davidson. Uh, of, I think Monster X was the only thing uh, Patrick Ray had done that was kind of of note, and that's not really of note, to be fair. So, at any rate, uh, I'll tell you what. Why don't you give the trailer a listen, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you on the other side of that.
1: I had that dream again last night. What, the woods? The woods. Our woods. It was special. It was peaceful. We can stay in bed the weekend instead. Oh, God! Ah! Don't forget anything. Maybe when we come back we can have a conversation about having a little rock star. I don't know why you're bringing this up now. We're the exciting couple that travels has adventures. Let's just enjoy the time we have together, okay? Hey, you remember the echo? Cool, cool! Beautiful up here all alone. I'm alone. Maybe we'll get lost together.
0: You're safe with me. Dana!
1: What about a bear?
0: Is getting into this uh,
1: uh, 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 what attacked you? growing up I heard tales about people not coming
0: back you know how to use that thing? as yet So that is the trailer for Arbor Demon, and Arbor Demon is described thusly on IMDb. Uh, An adventurous woman with a secret from her husband insists the couple go camping to reconnect. Something in the woods wipes out a group of hunters nearby, preventing the couple from leaving their tent. Secrets and supernatural stories come to light, and they must determine if the real threat is inside or outside their enclosure. Um, I'll tell you, here's why I watched this movie. Is that it had Jake Busey and Fiona Dorff. Uh Fiona Dorf, of course, the daughter of Brad Dora from you know uh, Chucky e fame, Child's Play fame. Uh, Jake Busey from Gary Busey fame as well. I mean, he's done plenty on his own. I don't want to dismiss it too much, but at the same time, eh, you know. Um. So anyway, yeah, it was it, it was one of the them things that was on uh, Amazon Prime. And I I thought that the cast looked interesting enough. And and it it implied that it was sort of a Willow Creek-esque kind of film in that, you know, there was going to be some people trapped in a tent and and odd stuff going on around them and what's real, what's not, that kind of thing. And in in fairness, that is kind of the case. Uh, That is sort of what happens in this movie. But it's... uh, it it relies a little bit too much on its characters and its dialogue, and it's just not a good enough movie for that. Uh the writing is just not strong enough to to really carry the weight of, of that sort of thing. I will say uh Jake Busey is kind of fun. And and let's let's get to the, the meat of it. What this movie is about is that there's some uh tree ladies. Um, ladies, what are possessed by tree spirits or have become tree spirits or something like that. And they are, um, off doing tree monster vengeance stuff with this group of hunters who are not respecting the woods or something. And at any rate, it's, they, they besie- besiege this tent with, uh, Fiona Dorov and her, uh, husband would be husband, maybe boyfriend. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. It was the first one of these I watched, and it's not sticking in the memory too well. Uh, but I do recall that at one point, Jake Busey is forced to, uh, to take shelter in the tent, and he's kind of fun. He's got a real sort of folksy menace to him that I like. And I I think Jake Busey is a pretty good actor, actually. I, you know, I don't know that he's as good as his father was before the accident when, you know, Gary Busey was doing things like Silver Bullet and, um you know the buddy holly story they got nominated for an oscar for a lot of people don't yeah, that that's a bar bet you can probably win did did gary Busey ever get nominated for an oscar uh that it turns out did happen so um yeah it's not a very good movie the the effects aren't great it it looks kind of cheap like i said it it relies a little too heavily on on the dialogue and characters uh and and neither of those things are all that great um so yeah arbor demon kind of a kind of a bust if if we're gonna do the five star scale as always five stars half stars are allowed you know not quarter stars because we're not monsters here i would say arbor demon is mm, generously a two-star film uh, there, there's a lot better Willow Creek that, which I mentioned before is a much better example of a, a, a film with a couple of people stuck in a tent and things go wrong. Or, uh, uh, what is it? Back country. The one about the bear attack. That's kind of, uh, kind of similar in, in some ways I wouldn't really bother with Arbor demon too much. I saw the nun. We're going to be talking about that on the next, uh, Devour the podcast, so I'm not going to go into that. So, that doesn't count. I'm skipping that one. So, instead, um, listen to the trailer for the next movie we're going to talk about, Mandy, starring Nicolas Cage. (laughs)
1: one mandy i too am a special one let us be so very special together so what are you gonna do with that I'm going hunting so what you hunting
0: Okay, so Mandy uh released just this year, the year of our Lord two thousand eighteen, directed and written by uh, Panos Cosmatos Cosmatos, uh who also had done uh Beyond the Black Rainbow, uh it stars Nicholas Cage, um as Red is his name, uh the the avenging force of the film. Um Andrea Riseboro as the titular Mandy Um, Linus Roach as Jeremiah, the head of a a cult. So here's, here's the, the synopsis. Mandy is set in the primal wilderness of 1983, where Red Miller, a broken and haunted man hunts an unhinged religious sect who slaughtered the love of his life. And that's accurate. All of that does happen within the context of the film, Mandy. It, there is no way to describe this movie in a sufficient way. Um, essentially red and Mandy live out in the woods. They're kind of on their own. Uh, she is this kind of an odd lady, uh, or kind of a nerd, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. Like if you were describing a man with similar traits, that would be it really into heavy metal into fantasy, uh, draws a lot of crazy paintings, uh, or does a lot of crazy paintings that have all this fantasy imagery in it. Um, is just kind of a loner along with Red. Um, and uh, the head of this cult spies her walking down the road and just decides, hey, I'm gonna have her. I will possess her. Oh, yes, she will be mine. And, you know, it's mild spoilers here, but I I think you know because of the premise of this, uh, and the the synopsis on uh, IMDb itself that what happens is the cult leader uh, ends up killing Mandy in a fit of rage after she mocks him, essentially um, after he says like, Hey, I'm, you know, you're going to be my lady. And she basically tells him to go fuck himself, um, which is pretty great. And Red, when he discovers that she has been killed uh, or not discovers, he sees it happen, but um, he launches on a path of vengeance But like I said, you can't describe Mandy in purely narrative terms because that sounds very rote. You know, we've all seen, uh, if you're a horror fan, you've seen revenge movies where... um, Or not even horror movies, just good old-fashioned revenge films like Death Wish. This is essentially the plot of Death Wish. You know, dude's wife gets killed and he goes uh, in search of the people who did it. But that said, there is... Nothing quite like the movie Mandy. It uses a a blend of insane visuals and editing, even a, t- a touch of animation. There are elements of Hellraiser and The Hills Have Eyes and um, uh, Race the Devil. Uh, just it, it's this insane mix of influences from like the late seventies and early eighties. And Nicolas Cage is fantastic in it. He is uh, like Nicolas Cage shows up to act every now and again, uh, instead of just do the movies that he has to do to pay off his, his tax debts. And sometimes a director is, is like, no, 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 really you have to actually be an actor this time. And he does. And he's great when that happens. Nicolas Cage is a one of the more primal actors of our generation. And, and when you let him loose and give him, some material to work with. He's he's incredible, and he's incredible in this. Um, Angela Andrea Riseborough as Mandy is really good in it. If you ever see her outside of this performance, she transforms herself for this role in a lot of ways, and and is really great. Uh, so is Linus Roche, um, but the star of the movie is kind of Panos Cosmatos, the the writer and director who basically steals Giallo Argento lighting, the violence of Sam Raimi, and then drugs and and blends that all together somehow into this this mix of absolute insanity. But it is it is so compelling. Uh it, it is one of the most visually sumptuous films I've seen in some time. Uh, not only is it visually outstanding like I said, the, the performances are all really good. It it takes this sort of measured approach for the first, I don't know, 30 minutes to kind of ease you into this story. And then when when things pop off, when shit gets real in this uh, movie, it gets real in a way that is unlike a lot of films. It just goes batshit. And in a wonderful way. There, there are so many little moments that I don't want to spoil for you because you if you haven't seen Mandy, you should watch it. But but it's made up of all these little moments instead of it being this narrative that that pulls you through the story, um, it is instead a collection of of insane, like rat brain subconscious imagery kind of moments where, despite the narrative, almost these moments of beauty and terror are all happening. Um, it, it is one of the, the, the strangest movies I've seen in a long time. And it's also one of the most satisfying. I, by, by the time I got to the end of Mandy, I felt like I had watched something significant. Even though it is, at the end of the day, it's just a revenge movie with a plot that isn't, is not, uh, unique in, in almost any way. It just happens to be this insane interpretation of it. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I've, I've said this before, I think, on Devour the Podcast, but, you know, it, it's all about how the story is told. The story itself, you know, there are only so many stories, and if you ask Waldo Salt, the the guy who wrote uh, Casablanca, he would tell you there there is only one story, and that is No Man is an Island. Um, no, he, uh, it, it, it's it, what makes Mandy significant, what makes it unique, what makes it kind of important in a way is that it tells this revenge story in a way that is so precisely its own that it becomes something more than just a revenge story. It becomes, it becomes art, is what it becomes. There's no getting around it. I find, I find that this film made me happy. Even as dark as it is and as weird as it is and all that stuff, uh, and, and how dark some of the, the imagery is and, and the weird heavy metal style animation, um, interstitials that are employed in this film. And despite all of that stuff, or maybe because of all that stuff, it, it transcends the grindhouse subject matter and becomes something beautiful. Um, and so, yes, you should, you should absolutely see Mandy. Uh, of all the movies that I'm going to talk about on on this particular episode, Mandy is the one that I can unreservedly say, you need to see Mandy. Even if you don't like it, even if you don't respond to it, it is hard to suggest that what you're seeing isn't a particular vision by the writer and director. And a lot of these movies, I will tell you right now, that we're going to talk about uh, upcoming, are not that. You know they are kind of run of the mill routine sort of exercises and horror, whereas Mandy is something precious and wonderful and and I love it um so yes, please see mandy on a on a scale of one to five. I'm giving it four and a half stars it It probably deserves five. I just need to see it more. And I need to live with it a little longer and, and make sure that, like, worst case scenario, this is gonna go to four stars if, if something, if I find some flaw in it, and then given another three or four years, if it just continues to be this wonderful, precious little gem of a movie, it'll just be a five star film. I mean, it's a near classic, if not a classic, uh, for the, the Cheddar Goblin alone. <laughs> so, um, you should watch it for the Cheddar Goblin. I will say no more. Um so that's Mandy that uh like I said came out this year 2018 and uh and please please if you haven't seen it watch uh watch Mandy Hey um speaking of uh monsters uh which we weren't but let let's shall we you and I uh let's talk about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom the the sequel to Jurassic World and the fifth movie in the Jurassic Park series uh, and let's give the trailer a little listen and uh, I'll, I'll see you after that's done so uh what are you dating like an accountant now or Owen ventriloquist stop it you love a dummy
1: this is not why we're here you can blame me try to shame me I know why we're here
0: a rescue op save the dinosaurs from the island that's about to explode. What could go wrong?
1: Blue is alive. You raised her.
0: (laughs) Do these animals deserve the same protections
1: given to other species?
0: Or should they just be left to die? These creatures were
1: here before us. And if we're not careful, they're gonna be here after.
0: So Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is uh, directed by J.A. Bayona, uh, who you would probably know if you're listening to this, you probably know him from The Orphanage, uh, which is quite good, and uh, A Monster Calls, and a a fantastic movie. It's not a horror film, but it's a great movie called The Impossible with um, Naomi Watts, uh, whose name I blinked on there for a second, and written by Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow and probably about 12 other people. Uh, it starts Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and Rafe Spall. Uh, and the synopsis goes when the islands dormant volcano begins roaring to life. Owen and Claire mount a campaign to rescue the remaining dinosaurs from this extinction level event. Um, so that's kind of the front end of what fallen kingdom is about. It is a a movie about, um, hey, you know, we, we made this Jurassic Park again and, and that fucked up. Like, it, you know, dinosaurs surprisingly broke out and ate a bunch of people, uh, which tends to happen in these Jurassic Park scenarios. Uh, maybe, maybe we should stop making these Jurassic Parks potentially, but, uh, yeah. So there in this one, uh, Different than other films, they are not trying to make themselves another Jurassic Park. They're, the decision in front of them is, hey, this, uh, Isla, Isla, Nor, uh, or whatever, uh, where we got all these dinosaurs, um, we need to figure out what to do with them if we're, because a volcano is about to blow and should we let these dinosaurs fry or not? And, uh, you know, my vote probably yes. And then, uh, Jeff Goldblum shows up at the very beginning of the movie for about, I don't know, three minutes more than I'm in the movie where he's like, yeah, they, uh, should, uh, die. And, you know, but his argument is good. He's like, Hey, we brought him back and you know, they're not natural creation. So the fact that nature is, is sort of taking care of this problem is, is probably good. Um, but anyway, and then he, he fucks off out of the movie because he's smart enough to show up for a day, collect the check, and get the hell out of this thing. Um, so yeah, the, you know, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and a couple of other characters that I uh, couldn't possibly care about, uh, go to the island to, uh, rescue the dinosaurs. And then it turns out, uh, that the whole thing was a crawdad. Um, which is the tombstone way of saying they got snookered. Uh, they've been, they've been who's gowed. Uh, they got the old dipsy doodle, um, where the guy in charge really wants to, um, collect a bunch of these dinosaurs and then sell them on the black market. And there's really two movies going on here. One is the trip to the Island and, and trying to save these dinosaurs as many as they can while the volcano is going off. And, uh, the next is uh a movie where they hey, a bunch of dinosaurs are in this mansion, and then you know they get kind of loose and start eating people and whatnot and and of course, they make a new dinosaur in this one because in every movie now we've gotta make a new dinosaur uh the one thing I appreciate is that nobody stops. Uh, at, at any point in the film to talk about how this one is way bigger than the other ones. Uh, in fact, it's a little bit smaller than the last dinosaur, what got made. And so it, my, my problem with this movie is just that there's nothing really to, uh, to differentiate it between this and the previous. I mean, it's a different plot, yes, but it's kind of the same shit. If you're 12 years old and you want to see a bunch of dinosaurs run around, it works fine for that, but it doesn't contain any of the wonder and the magic of, of the original Jurassic Park. We're way past that now, and it's just its just a dumb action movie, and that's fine, um, but it is just a dumb action movie with dinosaurs. Um You know, I wish it were a little schlockier at times. There are some moments that are like J.A. Biona is a great director, uh, has done some really fantastic work in film. And there are some really good shots and there are some good sequences and things like that. Like this movie's not a total disaster or nothing. It's just unremarkable, you know, because the plot is so stupid and the characters, you just couldn't care. Like, why would you? This is the fifth one of these. At this point, these movies should be carnosaur. And the fact that they're not carnosaur uh, is a failure in my opinion. Like these should be, these should be R rated horror films. And instead they're, you know, PG 13 family action films, but maybe that's what they ought to be. And maybe I'm just the wrong uh, audience for it. And I think that's the case. It's, it's sort of like the new star Wars movies. I'm just not the audience for this movie anymore. Um, so at any rate, that is uh Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. The only other thing I will say about that is it has some notably bad uh side characters, like the the you know, the helper characters, the hacker and the expert on paleontology or whatever the fuck. Um th- those are incredibly bad in this movie. They're really thin and very predictable in a in a way where they are it's, it's a corporation trying to instill diversity in a film without understanding why diversity is important and, and how that should just be a natural and organic thing and not feel like you're just ticking boxes to make sure you've got your sassy lady and your, you know, minority hacker dude. And it... There are times it feels cynical and, and again, uh, you're, we're doing the fifth one of these. Of course it feels a little cynical because this is a movie made to make money and not to tell a story. I think it's probably better than, than the original Jurassic World, which I thought was intensely stupid. And maybe it's because I went into this with no expectation whatsoever that I at least walked away from it thinking like, eh, it's all right. Ted Levine's in it. It's kinda of fun to 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 see the dude from uh Silence of the Lambs popping in, you know. Is he that great big fat dinosaur? Uh Toby Jones from uh Barbarian Sound Barbarian Sound, Sound Studio and uh, you know some of the Marvel movies and whatnot. He he shows up, he's really good in it. And you know, eh, but there's also like James Cromwell shows up as hey, hey, you guys remember the, the dude that was helping uh Richard Adborough? Uh, open Jurassic park. That was his partner. No. Well, that's who James Cromwell is. Um, it's just, it's that kind of stuff where it's like, Oh, we're just reinventing this property again to make money. And you know, people got to eat. It just sometimes doesn't feel authentic and, and it's kind of dull and boring. So, yeah, that is the sad uh, truth of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It is another one of those. Um, on a scale of 1 to five, oh, I don't know. Let's say two stars. Uh, you know, it's kind of fine. I mean, if you found yourself watching it with your kids, there are worse ways to spend a day. But if you want to see a really good Jurassic Park movie, just watch the original Jurassic Park again. I did not a month ago, watched the original Jurassic Park and had a delightful time with it because that movie is really good and it's done. Like that movie is made because the people gave a shit and this movie is made because the studio wanted to add another 500 million to their bottom line this year. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's go far, far away from, the big budget world of Jurassic world, fallen kingdom and turn our attention to a much smaller budgeted film, uh, a, a little movie called intruders. And here's the trailer for that.
1: Today's offering meatloaf, green beans, almondine and apple cobbler. I don't know how I'm going to do this without you. Your brother's already approved this. He's taking care of everything. I just need a signature. Are you going to keep the place? Of course. This is my home. Find her. I need to know where you keep the money. Take her upstairs. you see her faces? this place. Something tells me we're not your first guests here. not like this. You have no idea what I'm like. You haven't left this house in over ten years. Ah! Hey, hey! What's your game? You'll understand soon.
0: So it turns out there are two movies called Intruders, uh, one from 2011 with uh, Dylan McDermott or Dermott Mulroney, one of those dudes. And uh, the one we're talking about, though, is from 2015, uh, originally titled Shut In, and uh, IMDb describes it thusly. Um, Anna suffers from agoraphobia so crippling that when a trio of criminals break into her house, she cannot bring herself to flee. But what the intruders don't realize is that agoraphobia is not her only problem uh this was directed by Adam Schindler, most famous for a list no I'm kidding um he wrote uh or wrote a movie called Delivery the Beast within uh had directed one other short film prior to this uh but but that's kind of it. And it was written by uh, T.J. C-I, uh C-I-M-F-E-L, um, who had done some work uh, on a m- movie called uh, No-Tel Motel and VHS Viral and Crawl to Me and, you know, just a, a good old-fashioned horror writer. Um, as well as a dude named uh, David White that has worked with uh, Simfil before. I uh, apologize if I'm not pronouncing his name correctly. At any rate, um, it stars, uh, <laughs> some of my, like weirdly people that I think are pretty good. Uh, Rory Culkin of the, you know, Culkin family, like Macaulay and, uh, Culkin fame. Uh, he's in it and I think he's all right as, uh, this little Weasley kid named Dan. Um, it has, uh, Beth, either Reese or Rise graph. From the television show um, *Leverage*, she played Parker, the sort of introverted uh, cat burglar. On that show, uh, is is sort of the main character. Martin Starr, who you would know from *Geez Freaks and Geeks*, and um, the, he was in he had a bit part in the most recent uh, Spider Man movie, and. Uh, Silicon Valley and he anyway typically cast as this very dry-witted sarcastic character in this case more like um, this ultra-violent dude it was kind of interesting to see him play a part that I, was unlike what I normally see him play um, so yeah it's about a bunch of dudes who who break into Beth Riesgraf's house and uh, it turns out that the house is kind of set up to keep people inside and, and there are some secrets and whatnot. And it's, I don't know, man, it, it's okay. Like, unlike something like Jurassic world, fallen park, kingdom park, fallen Jurassic kingdom, fallen park. Um, but despite like, unlike movies like that, this is a movie that was definitely written by people who were like, hey, this is kind of a cool idea. And it is kind of a cool idea. Unfortunately, it just doesn't hang together all that well. Um, it's okay. It's better than a lot of films of, of this stripe. Rory Culkin, I think, is actually pretty good in it as, as this kid who finds himself in a, in a position that is kind of terrifying. Um, and I like Beth Reesgriff, uh as an actress, I think she's interesting in this. And but the problem is, is that the writing of the script isn't super good. And it asks her to sort of waver between these moments where she is completely in charge of herself and uh, her own psychology or at least feels confident in her actions and then doubting everything about what she's doing and, and whatnot And sometimes that can work. Uh, In in a lot of cases, it doesn't in this film, which is a bit of a bummer. So, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not a terrible movie. It's just that it's not great. And, you know, that's why this movie is going to end up getting two and a half stars out of me. Did we rate Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Did I give that stars? If I did, I would give it a star and a half um, for being a movie. Um, so if, if, I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen. I forgot now I cared so little about it. Uh, it was just so boring, but so this one I would give two and a half stars. It's kind of right in the middle for me in terms of, of scoring a film. Like, yeah, yeah if you enjoy it, it, there are things about it. I like, I like Martin Starr in it. I like, I like uh, his performance quite a bit cause I found it surprising. um, but I found a lot of the just underlying psychology of the film a little bit messy uh, and and not satisfying and not logical in some ways. Even though you're dealing with you know people on both sides of the cinematic equation in this film that aren't necessarily great people. Um, but yeah, it's eh, it's okay. I, I, there are things I liked about it. I thought it had a really interesting premise. And and there's some good performances. And let's talk about another movie. It it kind of pains me to talk about this. It's so weird. Uh, um, Alright, so let's talk about another super independent film, uh, which is Be My Cat, a film for Anne. Uh the Anne is, is Anne Hathaway. And uh, you know what? Just here's the trailer for it.
1: Hello Anne, um, my name is Adrian, I'm from Romania and I want to make a movie with you. I saw you in Dark Knight Rises and I saw you playing that Catwoman. and you're, you're my actress. I even convinced uh, three Romanian actresses to play in this film to show you how i 'm going to work with you on be my cat on the movie that I want to make with you they don 't know they I, I i I lied to them. The actress n- needs to be skinny and i 'm not skinny enough for you no how can you say that I could have tried when the start oh <laughs> the the... something got... I, I forgot the lyrics. Oh my god, fuck! You're, you're, you're a shit actress, you know that? No! <laughs> because I can't run, you, you talk about... You, freedom, you, do not, you don't want to find a solution! If you don't leave me, I call the police. And your goddamn movie will not ever be made, okay? I don't like boys and dogs, they are... they are all bullies mean pe- mean 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 people and mean animals i like only girls the girls are are so sweet and cute just like cats i, I love i love girls and cats oh my god a dead cat don't get it wrong and please please understand this okay You have twenty seconds to give me one last word and then I will close the camera. <laughs> no, Dean! No!
0: I will change the word with you then. Okay, so this movie is from twenty fifteen. It is written and directed and stars Adrian Tofe. Um the the synopsis for it says uh, an aspiring Romanian filmmaker obsessed with Hollywood actress Anne Hathaway, goes to shocking extremes to convince Anne to star in his upcoming film. Um, so, how to describe this? Oh my goodness. It is a an incredibly weird, uncomfortable film. Uh, it, it's a found footage film. And so... Huh, kind of like uh the the Beth Reesgraf character from uh Intruders the char- the main character is a bit of uh an agoraphobe only he can leave his house he just doesn't like to leave his neighborhood um so what he does is he he, he the idea is he's going to make a movie that he is going to show to Anne Hathaway to convince her to come to his town so that he can work with her because she'll see that he is, uh, such a good director and, and also that he is, you know, uh, obsessed with her, that, that he is, um, you know, the, the one for her kind of thing. And that part of it is, incredibly uncomfortable because you know Anne Hathaway has has somewhat famously had some you know difficulty in her personal life and with her relationships and and some people taking advantage of her and it's weird to me that someone would either not necessarily capitalize on that but certainly is not shying away from the fact that there has been uh these issues with Anne Hathaway's personal life. I mean, the the movie doesn't get into that or anything, but I, you know, I, I would think if you were making a movie about Anne Hathaway, you would kind of know that, uh, which again, seems like a very odd way to capitalize upon someone's very real problem. Um, okay. So that aside, uh, Adrian Toffe is so convincingly crazy in this movie that it's hard not to recommend it to some degree because he it's worth it to, to, to see how bizarrely, uh, uh, obsessive he is. And so he hires these actresses to be the stand in for Anne Hathaway as he's making this film that parallels his own life, right? Like he's, he's obsessed with their, the character of, you know, that these hired actresses play and in typical grindhouse fashion, what he's doing, it's almost, uh, it's almost an HG Lewis kind of premise in that he is hiring actresses and then he's going to kill them in the process of making this movie to convince Anne Hathaway to be in a movie where in theory he might kill her. So it's all very, circuitous but he's a crazy person and that comes through loud and clear in the in the course of the film it's it is an uncomfortable watch for a number of reasons not the least of which is that he like i said he's convincingly crazy and and has these moments where he kind of turns on on the the actresses that he's hired uh there are these kind of uncomfortably great moments where he realizes something about himself and understands like, Oh, what I'm doing is actually becoming this character that I've portrayed in the film. And it's a a really unsettling experience to, to watch the movie. I found it. I've weirdly been on a bit of a found footage kick and as far as found footage goes, this one feels both one of the cheapest examples of doing a found footage movie and also one of the most authentic. Uh, Because the guy is filming himself on purpose at all times, there's never that moment of like, just pick up the camera, you keep filming everything. It's like, no, 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 he's intentionally filming all this crazy shit because he sees it as art. And yeah, I I... I don't want to say I enjoyed the movie because I would feel bad about myself if I thought that I took pleasure in the viewing of this film. I don't think it's that kind of movie, but I do think that it does exactly what it sets out to do, which is to be a very uncomfortable watch and a a really disturbing look at someone's psychosis. And for that, I will give this movie three stars and say that you should probably watch Be My Cat, a film for Anne, if you want to see found footage done, if not well, at least disturbingly. So, uh, um, I don't know. Give it a shot. Let me know what you think of it. If you've seen it, drop me a line um, on the Facebook page and and let me know um what you thought of it because there are moments i still think like was it really good or was it just that i i'm a sick fuck that's a possibility in in every situation um okay so let's uh, <laughs> let's get past that and let's do another found footage movie before we do our piss resistance another found footage film this one entitled the monster project and uh here here's a listen to that trailer.
1: Should we at least get the shot? I think the channel's blowing up. What if we turn this into a show? We go out looking for real monsters. Monster Project. Bang bang. We all love a good horror story. We got another response to the casting notice. And she's a vampire. We like to pretend that monsters are real.
0: The Monster Project. Scene one, take one.
1: But what if they truly exist? Living amongst us? Those <laughs> people that we brought here to interview, they're not people!
0: Okay, The Monster Project is from 2017. Uh, It is a found footage film. The uh, IMDb summarizes it thusly. A recovering drug addict takes a job with a documentary crew who plans to interview three subjects who claim to be real-life monsters. This is uh, directed by Victor Matthew, who is the writer and director of uh, both this and uh TV miniseries called uh Scary Nights and uh has done some shorts and that kind of thing but this is is sort of his uh his big deal he most recently was uh par- participating in a film called Deadlist uh, a horror comedy about uh actors anyway so um the thing about the monster project is that it, it has i thought a very cool premise um in that it, it is just what it it says it is a documentary crew that's like hey we're gonna put out an ad in la and say if you're an honest to goodness monster we want to interview you and i like stuff like that i like i like stuff where myth intrudes upon the real world or or that you find some mi- corner of the real world that actually has something supernatural in it um Digging Up the Marrow was another example of this kind of movie where, uh, except it had Ray Wise and that makes everything better, but I I like the premise of this quite a bit. The problem with The Monster Project is that it becomes so much about the jump scare and the sudden, like, hey, I'm going to whip. The camera to the left and something's going to be there reaching out for me or that kind of thing of just here's a loud noise. Here's a jump scare. And that is fine the first couple of times, I guess. And then it becomes tedious. And that's the problem with the monster project is none of the characters are likable uh you know your documentary crew the people you want to root for to be worried about none of those people are likable characters in in the film uh which is a mistake and then the rest of the movie uh once it kicks into gear and and starts being you know a real horror film um none of that stuff is particularly scary because it just becomes wearisome um i could see people who responded to this movie in, in that respect of just like, Oh my God, there was just there were it, not necessarily quality of scare, but sheer quantity. Cause I will say that the movie, when it gets around to being a horror movie, it does have a bunch of people being chased by, uh, vampires and demons and werewolf people. And I mean, that's, that's okay. There, there are worse ways to go. It's just that it, it, for me, it, it became tiresome. Uh, quite quickly. That's a bummer when you're watching a movie like this. I really wanted... I, I wanted to like it more because I was bought into the premise even before I started watching it. Uh, I, I thought it would be very cool. So, yeah, uh, you know, not to get too deep into this. It's one of those movies like hey, it's a found footage movie where uh, some people go to a house where three people show up and claim to be monsters. It turns out that they are, and then they the crew starts get chased, starts to get chased around by said monsters. And that's the movie. That is the the bulk of it. Uh, when it finally gets around to being that, it, it's got a, a kind of a dull up front uh, with characters that aren't great, and then it becomes a chase movie. And if you're good with that, then maybe you'll enjoy this. Uh, I I myself. I'm going to come down at about a star and a half for The Monster Project, uh mostly because I do think the premise is kind of cool. I wish that it had been a better movie and and you, it like that should tell you how how poorly executed all this is is because I I wanted the movie to be good from hitting play. And it just never got there, you know? It was just, it was the most obvious shit uh, all through the movie. Like, you know, the tattoo artist vampire uh, who's a little a little sassy and, and whatnot. And you're like, oh, she's going to totally try to bite the dude what gave her some blood to begin with. And, you know, like all these monsters are going to turn on people. And then it's got kind of a little twist ending at, at the end of it where it's like, oh, well, that's unnecessary and kind of dumb the monster project why weren't you better i wanted you to be good and you you broke my heart um okay let's let's wrap this up uh with a movie that i liked even less (laughs) because the this has been a week of just watching stuff that wasn't great except for mandy mandy is fucking rocking throwing up the devil horns for mandy you just can't see it So Mandy is the real, uh, the the real winner here, but, but before we in, uh, this evening's, uh, or this week's episode, let's discuss, uh, Jigsaw. I finally got around to watching Jigsaw. So Jigsaw is of course the attempt to reboot the, uh, the Saw films and, uh, the trailer for that movie sounds a little like this.
1: Now the game's simple. Best ones are. You want the mercy. Play it by the rules. Any identification on the victim? Puzzle piece. But he's been dead for 10 years. It's not him. Can't be. This was on the body. The truth will set you free. I'm chasing a dead man. Blood under the fingernails of our victim, it's John Kramer, the jigsaw killer. That's impossible. He said it was a game. That's
0: not creepy at all. Okay, so Jigsaw uh, came out in 2017, just last year. It, uh, In fact, almost a year ago to uh, this recording, uh, or within the same month, certainly. It is written by Josh Stolberg... And, uh, and Pete Goldfinger who, uh, were responsible for movies like good luck, Chuck and sorority row. Um, you know, <laughs> those were movies and piranha three double D. Uh, um, anyway, the, <laughs> it is directed more importantly by the Spirig uh, brothers, Michael and Peter Spirig who kind of hit the scene running with Undead, the, uh, was it New Zealand zombie film, Australian zombie film? Probably a racist just asking that question. Um, But then they did Daybreakers, which wasn't very good. And they, uh, you know, did a handful of, uh, they did Winchester most recently, which wasn't very good. And you start to get the feeling that, hey, maybe Undead was just a one-off of being a good film. And that's because it was sort of a rip-off of Sam Raimi and Peter Jackson movies. Jigsaw, uh, is summarized. thusly: bodies are turning up around the city, each having met a uniquely gruesome demise. As the investigation proceeds, evidence points to one suspect, John Kramer, the man known as Jigsaw who has been dead for over 10 years. Um, but you can't, you can't stop a, a franchise like this. Because it could still make some money. Um, and that are, so at the end of the day, that is the problem with Jigsaw is that Jigsaw feels very blatantly like a movie that was made to try to kickstart, uh, a new Saw series. Um, and it's not, it, it has the same problem that most of the saw films do, which is it has a, a very bland color palette. This one's not as bad as some of the others. I will say that, uh, in the grand scheme of things, there have been some really shitty looking, uh, saw movies. This is not the worst of those. Uh, thank goodness. Um, it's, it's not, eh, maybe it is the best. They all look like shit. So maybe th- this is the best looking, uh, of those. um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just a bunch of people. Uh, in this case, there are five people that are all playing a, a game devised by Jigsaw. Uh, and, and the police are are hunting, um, you know, the, the trying to find where these people are being kept and, and trying to stop the game. And yada, yada, yada. So, uh, what is there to say about Jigsaw? I have not liked a Saw movie since Saw 2. Uh, I think this, the original saw is, eh. I think saw two is, is better because it, it embraces the, the schlocky nature of the premise. Um, and then after that, they start to try to get a little too mythological by mythological. I mean, they are trying to embrace the mythology of the series itself, which is pointless because the mythology of the saw movies is dumb. So (laughs) there is no point in doing that. They should stop it. And this movie is trying to build on that of like, oh, well, you know, in addition to John Kramer having been this guy who created these games that were trying to force people to make moral decisions about their own mistakes in the, the most horrifying possible way. Um, it's, yeah, it's just bad. It, like the, the, the games themselves, the Saw games, like at, they're, they're not very interesting. And they're not very disgusting, which I, I feel like the problem is that if you're going to do a movie like this, you have to really get into the horror of it or the just the disgustingness of it. And this movie never gets around to doing that, you know? Like, there is a... um uh, the, the movie opens with a game where everyone's just like tied to, uh, has a bucket on their head, which is tied to a, a chain around their necks. And they're being dragged toward, a, uh, some spinning saw blades and they have to make themselves bleed, uh, in, in, to stop the blades from spinning. And it just doesn't ever feel like there's anything all that clever about any of this, unlike something like, uh, in the, the second one where it's like, Hey, here's a bathtub full of hypodermic needles. And that's gnarly. Um, <laughs> there is something about that that I've always liked. And, uh, and even in the second one, it has a little twist to the end of it that's like, Oh, okay. Well, that's something interesting, at least. But none of that happens in this movie. You know, even when they get to the inevitable twist of the film, it doesn't feel surprising. It just feels like, Oh, okay. Well, that's where we were headed all along because we know that for John Kramer to really be alive, that doesn't make any sense. So what is the real thing going to be? And, you know, finally it gets around to telling you and, and it's fine. I mean, it's just an excuse to make more of these movies and there's nothing inspired about it. And, and, and and perhaps all of these movies live in a world where I have seen Mandy and nothing else uh, comes close to that because Mandy is a movie that is entirely about, you know, sheer invention, uh, despite using a a kind of a tired story. And so, seeing, you know, a movie that takes a tired trope and just does nothing inspired with it feels especially uh, unfortunate. In, in this scenario, um, I uh, I can't really recommend Jigsaw. But then again, I couldn't recommend any of the Saw movies past the second one either. So if for some reason you're like, hey, all them Saw movies are good. Fuck you, Bo. Then maybe you'll like Jigsaw. I hope you do. I mean, I, I want... I, I, it, it would hurt my heart to think that there is a movie out there that absolutely no one liked. So maybe you're the guy that's going to, or gal that's going to like Jigsaw. I I just can't join you on that. And in fact, uh, I'm probably going to have to give uh, our our pal Jigsaw here and his namesake movie um, a pretty shallow two stars, uh, which isn't great. Um, And I'm giving it two stars just because you know what? Why am I giving it two stars? This is one and a half. I reserve one stars for like, this is barely watchable. Um, and doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, this is kind of one and a half. You guys talk me into it. So if you complain about my rating, remember you were the ones listeners that were telling me, uh, Hey, why are you rating this two stars? And I was like, I don't know. It don't make no sense now that you say it like that. Um, so yeah, That's that's going to be jigsaw. And that's kind of it for this week, guys. Um, so I watched a lot of crap, it turns out, but, you know, maybe they'll be better next time. But but we got the man, uh, the the Mandy out of this, not the Mandy, the movie Mandy out of this. And Mandy is kind of a modern classic. So, hey, I'll take that if I got to watch six crap movies to get to a Mandy, then that's all right. Um, so, Hey, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, sorry again, uh, for my notorious absence of late and I'm going to, uh, hopefully be around a a bunch more and, and we're going to keep doing fun stuff. Everything got delayed. We were going to do this big special episode of devour in October. And I don't know that we're going to have time to do that now. We're going to see how it goes, but um, you know, we're, we're going to keep plugging here and, and, and keep getting some new stuff for you to listen to. Uh, but thanks, thanks for hanging in there with us. Um, and that'll do it. You can find us, uh, you can find me at Legion podcasts is the, uh, the Twitter handle. Uh, I tend to pay attention to that more than, uh, more than I used to. Um, although I haven't lately, sorry about that as well. But, uh, and over on Facebook at, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash devour the podcast. Uh, you can also find me, uh, forward slash groups forward slash LOE podcast, uh, for Legion podcasts in general. We also have a Patreon, so you can go to patreon.com uh, forward slash Legion podcasts and, uh, you know, leave us a couple of bucks if you feel like we're worth it. And, and, you know, I know the, the the shows have been sporadic for me of late but i, I promise you uh that is going to uh to be changing back in the swing of things starting here and uh yeah um so that'll do it i'll uh, i'll check back with you in uh in no more than a week you'll get another one of these next friday uh come hell or high water uh, and, uh, and we'll talk more then. So drop me a line, let me know what you're watching this Halloween and, uh, and I will keep doing the same for you. Uh, if you've got any recommendations, uh, let me know because you guys have, uh, the, the ones that you've recommended have at the very least been interesting and left to my own devices. I watch shit like the monster project. So I obviously can't be trusted with my own movie viewing choices. Um alright folks, that's it. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you in a week. Bye. What's your favorite scary movie? I guess everyone's a title of a good scare. Good scare. Good scare. Good scare. I love those scary movies.
1: Don't explain the movies and the movies. Movies don't make psycho psycho movies make psychos poor creators.